Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Yeah, so I have a rent-to-rent business, HMO. Um, if I were to do lease options, would I separate that from rent-to-rent and open up another company? Or yeah, yeah, keep it separate. Like yeah, yeah. So keep them in the same... Keep them separate. Separate. Yeah. Because I know what you're about to do. Yeah. Um, he's doing a, he's signing a, a lease option, but it's an assignable option. Yeah. So it's a rent-to-rent for about how many years? Five years. Five years. So you could have it in your rent-to-rent for five years. Because it's an assignable option, in five years' time you could set up your because you're going to buy it. It becomes an investment property. So you you want you want to buy property for five years anyway. But that property is a rent-to-rent property for the next five years. It's just income. In five years' time, when you buy it, you wouldn't buy it in the rent-to-rent company, but you yeah. assign it to the other company to buy it. Ah, okay, yeah. As long as the option is assignable, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Happy with that? Okay, so that's that bit done. S-A-V-A-T, who is that? Can I ask one more question? No. On that. You know when you have a company structure set up and you went on to company's house and you looked at somebody's structure? How do you know, it doesn't show anywhere, does it, if the, if the companies that are below are owned by, who they're owned by? No, you can find out because when you file your confirmation statement, uh, through that, you can find out. It's on the confirmation statement, right? But it's not very clear. If you don't, you got to dig for it. You got to dig for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone of your competence, uh, Kevin, <laughs> would would struggle, and that's why you have to go to Graham, you see, or Phil or somebody. They'll help you out. But but everybody else in the room is gonna be okay, by the way. So you got nothing to worry about. Uh, who was? Uh, who was asking about SA? SA BH. Oh, sorry, over here. So your question was? Uh, it was we're, we're on the border for, we, we currently manage three uh, SAs in our, in our main company. <coughs> so manage as in for the other people? No, for ourselves. Okay. And okay. we're just about to um, get two more. We're going to go through the VAT threshold. Mm -hmm. We're uh, thinking of doing it flat rate rather than TOMS because I don't think we're set up right to do TOMS. Mm -hmm. I fully understand it. Um, just really some advice on, you know, how to manage that really. Also, oh, if, if we if we then um, the ones we've got so far are rent to rent, but we're also going to be doing some where we manage them for other people. So if we have a client account um, and the money on the ones that we manage for the other people goes into a client account, um, does that mean it doesn't count to our turnover? It does unless you you go down the the Tom's route. Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't know so how to go down the Tom's route when we've already got rent to rent two, three rent to rent companies, haven't we? And yeah. we look, we're kind of not really sure how we would because we we um we manage and we don't just do bookings, we actually manage the properties. So when so it depends on your agreement with 
the people that you're managing the, the property for. When so, do they give when they give you the property? Do you do any work to the property? Yeah, we do maintenance if there was anything went wrong, it would be up to us. Yeah, so we're not just a booking agent, we actually do maintain and run the properties. And uh, who supplies all the fixtures, fitting equipment? We do in a lot of them. But on the, on the ones that we're going to do as management, probably we would get them to supply the furniture. Okay. Going ahead, but at the moment, all the ones we've got so far, we've supplied all the furniture and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and we do any maintenance. So we just assumed we wouldn't be eligible for tongs because we're not just a booking agent, but we do, do everything. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So tongs would not apply to you. What you might want to be thinking about is, if you if you're interested in Tom's, is how you change that particular structure so you have some kind of a basic understanding from what you just just told me, to change the structure so Tom's does apply to you. But if that's not the business model you wish to pursue, then unfortunately, obviously you'll have to pay VAT on the total income. The flat rate applies to you up to a certain uh, threshold, so it's less than. <coughs> Uh, 150,000 pounds plus VAT, but once you uh, once you enter the uh, flat rate scheme, then it, it takes you all the way up to 225,000 pounds total income. When you go over that, then you just go onto the standard rate. So Tom's will uh, flat rate will work for you when you're a small business, but once your turnover goes over a certain limit, then it's just standard rate. Okay. What would happen if, um, say, we took on a house as management only and? We had a client account for all the income. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's still, uh, still have to pay the VAT. Still have to pay the VAT on it. That's right. If they, if, if a uh, guest stays with you for less than 28 days, when they go over 28 days, then obviously there's no VAT chargeable. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. On that, um, can you have? So I've got the four R two SAs we talked about earlier and then just took on, taken on these management 15 units. Can you have, in the same company, and I think I'm going to answer my own question here, those set up with TOMS and then the four, four R2SAs to set up with normal VAT? You can do, you can do, but if you're going to go down, down the TOMS route uh, and you're going to grow that, even though initially we said keep it in the same one, yeah. but if, if TOMS is uh, something that you want to work towards, I'd say then split it up, because yeah. then it gets really messy. Yeah. yeah? So I, I'd keep one company where you, uh, Tom's applies, yeah. one company where you just standard rated. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Incorporation, and then we're going to come on to Carol, and we got best part of ten minutes to go. That's covered. Who asked about incorporation? Okay. If we pa pass the mic over there, uh, do you want to quickly give us a scenario? Or uh, yeah, I've got a couple of boxes in my name. Um, What's the best way of getting that into the company? Okay, so, and does Section 24 affect you or no? Um, yeah, it has done this year. Yeah, so if you if you own if you have if you have a business and that incorporates, then you claim Section 162 incorporation relief. Yeah, which basically means, in in very simple terms, for your benefit, my friend, I put incorporation relief here. Yeah. If a company, if a uh, sole trader or a partnership incorporates and it, it's, it's classed as a business, uh, not a trading activity by the way, because we've been talking about trading in, in investment this morning. If it's a business, which is the, the meaning of a business is different to 
investment and trading. If it's a business, you claim Section 162 incorporation relief, you move that business into a limited company, no capped against tax to pay. Because you've sold your asset from uh, an individual into a limited company. So a, a limited company is a separate legal entity. Therefore, when you make the disposal, you, you'd have to pay capped against tax individually. But if you claim Section 162 incorporation relief, no CGT to pay. However, you'll have to pay stamp duty land tax uh, when this property, this company buys the two properties. Yeah? So for two properties, there's no way out. If you own at least five, usually uh, seven, eight or more, and you spend uh, around 20 hours a week in your business, then you may qualify for Section 162 incorporation relief, which means when you move the properties into a limited company, no capped against tax to pay. If two or more people own the properties together, uh, and, and have done for a while, and they incorporate no stamp duty land tax to pay as the rules stand right now. But that doesn't apply to you because you own the properties in your own name. So for you, unfortunately, you'll have to pay capital gains tax and SDLT. You, you might benefit if you've lived in one of those properties uh, because that could be your principal private residence. So on that particular property, you might pay less capital gains tax, but you'll still have to pay stamp duty land tax. So I would say you're probably, and I don't know how long you've had them for, what the gain is, but you're probably stuck with those two properties. Do the numbers and work out how much extra tax you're paying as a direct result of Section 24 over the next five years. Then work out how much capital gains tax you're going to pay, how much standard land tax you'll pay, and how much tax you're going to save, basically, by having uh, the properties in a limited company and work out the difference. If the, the difference is significant enough for you to incorporate, then, and you can you've got the cash to pay for the capital gains tax and the SDLT, do it. If not, leave those two in your name, all future properties, by a limited company. That, that, what you're thinking there is a great question. Let me, I'll ask them. Okay, okay. I, 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 can read, I can read mine, <laughs> just a thing. Um, awesome. Could he, and I, could I, could I, I've heard that you could, um, I could give half, a bit of the house, 5%, 10% half, whatever, to my uh, partner, or brother, or sister, or cousin, or Kevin, <laughs> and, and put them in a limited liability partnership for a couple of years, and then move them. What's the advantage and the disadvantage of that? Great question. <laughs> so if you give some shares away to somebody else, apart from your spouse or a civil partner, there still could be a capped against tax consequence depending on the value. But we'll park that to the side. If you have another business partner and you run a business for a number of years and then you incorporate, then you would not pay stamp duty land tax. However, if you give somebody partnership in a property with the view to incorporating at some point in the future and to gain the benefit of SDLT, then the plan doesn't work. So you should have no thought in your head, no idea, no intention of incorporating at some point in the future when you give those 5% shares to your friend Kevin. Is that a wink wink? No idea. I mean like is it a pre-agreed is it a, is it a pre afterthought? You've not, you've, that thought didn't even cross your mind my friend. Uh, exactly. Okay, that has come to your attention later on. One more question. Great question by the way. The next one as well. I've also heard I, I I've also heard that what I could do if I didn't want to do that was I 
I have a, a, a wife or a partner that's like a low-rate taxpayer, and she's not working at the moment or whatever. Yep. And I could do a deed of trust yep. on the two properties and give half of each property to them to move half of the tax liability to them. Yeah, you can. That's Great right. Question. Great question. So you do that and pass over half to your husband or your wife or your, or your civil partner and do a deed of trust. And then within uh, six days of signing the deed of trust, you have to file a Form 17 with HMRC and tell them there's a change in beneficial ownership. Uh, the only thing you need to be aware of is if you have a change in beneficial ownership, you may need to tell your lender that's the case. If it says in the terms and conditions, you have to notify them. And again. One more question. Yeah. I, I, I also thought maybe like if I had a, a management company, like a rent-to-rent -rent company or something, that I could set up a management company in my company structure and that management company could manage my personal properties and charge like a, a management fee. Uh, yep, up to, up to a maximum of 15%. Great question. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering, Kevin's been on this course quite a few times by the way, okay? <laughs> That's where he gets questions from. Uh, Carol! So we saved the best to last. Oh, that's so sweet. So, question number one We've is... We've got time. I've got two questions really. I should have asked the first one, which is quite important, and I've asked the second one. So, by the way, you can't hear me. Carol, after having gone through all of these issues here, do you still feel like a mess? Oh God, no. No, good. That's the, uh, yeah. so, I'm pleased with you, by the way. But, but Charles, you still look like one. <laughs> um, I shouldn't be a mess. I pay a lot of money to my accountant, let me tell you. Um, so. I bought a pub, it's been purchased with investor money. In a limited company or? Yeah. So we'll do over here. Square just means company by the old circle. As we were about to complete, <coughs> yep. I didn't put it in my company name because the clients wanted uh, some more security. So who owns the pub then? So the pub is now, is now owned by me and partners of another company. Okay. So their company owns them the owns our company. So So I was going to put it in Clearwater Property Investments yep. at the time. Then when it was bought, the people who were putting the money in wanted extra security. Yep. So the people I had the twelve flats with, we used that company to put it in. Because we were going to do the project. So basically the pub's owned by another company and you own part of that company. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go down over here. So we've got here, we've got a company here. I'll put 12 flats. And then that owns the pub. Okay, and then you, you Carol, alongside others, are sat somewhere up here. Because you own the flats, yeah? The company. Okay, yep. So now I want to extricate the second pub from the 12 flat company and transfer it back to my own investment company. Okay. So what are the financial implications of doing that? It just feels a bit complicated to do it, but I have to. Why? They are not going to do, we're not doing this together just because of a lot of reasons, but there's no need for them to put any money in, be involved, blah, 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 blah. So it's going back to where it started. Mm -hmm. So basically, you then have another company over here, which is your 
investment company and you want to sell the basically the shares over to this company here yeah? and because this is an investment company that makes it somewhat harder so simply speaking what you love to do is sell the shares to your investment company uh, and that is going to cause you tax problems that's what I'm worried about yeah so because this is more involved if you drop me an email we'll go through the numbers and I'll see if somehow we can work a way of you passing this over here in the most tax efficient way we'll have to explore a, a couple of opportunities depending on what you're doing with the pub to see if you can do some kind of a, a demerger uh, and if you can't then we'll see how you can pass the shares over here by paying the least amount of tax but if you think it has to be done then we'll, we'll find a way for you it has to be done because we're not we're not doing it together anymore not for any you know bad reason just because you know i've secured all the funding i've got the end person and it was only done as a technicality in the first place and because we've still got so much money still left in the 12 flats there aren't the cash from that available so i'm doing it on my own so yeah carol whenever you go into partnership with people like kevin you have to be really careful I know, so I the next time I wish I was no. in partnership oh. with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, my other question is, I had another pub that we... Um, a part of this particular structure here was separate? Well, one of the people in that is part of it. So, the other pub was bought in another limited company, SPV. So we have a... Specifically for the purchase of that pub. Yep. Um, after a year of renting it, we then <coughs> sold it to a fund. Okay. So when it was sold to the fund, we obviously had to pay the stamp duty because they don't pay stamp duty. Mm -hmm. um, and the money is in the limited company's bank account that mm -hmm. came from sale. Yep. Split between the three of us. How do we deal with the implications of the tax on that? Because obviously we've all got separate companies. I think. Are they all in the room? I think they've got, yeah, they have all got, they've both got separate limited companies and then at mine. So just mine, at the moment, I'm putting mine in my investment company. So it would come from limited company number one to my investment company. Okay, so the shares in this pub here are owned by other limited companies or by individuals? Limited companies. Okay, so we've got your company, which is Carol and Co, yeah? Yeah. And then we've got two other people, have we? Let's just, let's just say they've got one company, yeah? No, they've got, they've got one each. Just to keep it simple. Oh, okay. yeah? So, so they own, what, two-thirds and you own a third? Okay, 66.6%. So, now, now that you've got, let's say, 300 grand in here, yeah? Once you've paid the corporation tax, okay, or on the gain, you then move your share of the 100,000 into your company up here. They move their share of the 200,000 in that company there and you can close the pub, okay? That's the benefit of having this. Because if, if you owned these shares individually, Carol, then if you wanted to take the money out, you'd have had to pay uh, income tax yeah. on the 100 grand. But because it's still staying in your structure here, no income tax to pay, which is good for you because now you'll end up with 100 grand here, which you can invest somewhere else. I mean, the hundred grand isn't the, the real no, figure. No, I, I was made. Okay. That's okay. That's pretty simple for you. That's conflicting information, but not from what I was previously advised. Yeah. So that's interesting. 
Because I thought I had to pay corporation and personal liability. No, no, because the, the shares are owned by this company here. Yeah. Money is still staying in a uh, so it's limited company. To another. Yeah, so no, no income tax to pay. You know corporation tax? Where does the corporation tax get paid? This company here. And then when you move the money up, what's it moved up as? Uh, uh, Tax-free dividend. Tax-free dividend? Yeah. Because they're shareholder? Yeah, because this company is a shareholder in this company here. So a company uh, pays no dividend tax? No, that's right. Cool. Happy that, Karen? Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> you know, 20, 30 grand better up today, aren't I? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money. <laughs>